consistent. Posting and sharing consistently, I think, is key. Definitely being true to our aesthetic. Our aesthetic is, we believe it's timeless. We don't go into trends or anything like that. Just don't fall into those things. Be true to who you are. And there's an audience for everyone. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. This podcast is brought to you by Wingnut Social, a digital marketing agency amplifying luxury brands across the U.S. and Canada. For more information, go to wingnutsocial.com. Hey there, welcome to Wingnut Social, the social media marketing and business podcast for the interior design industries and adjacent verticals. I'm your host, Darla Powell. I am the grand high poobah of all things here at Wingnut Social. And today we're going to be joined by Giselle Sugarman and Brett Sugarman. They are B&G Design, and they are a married couple in business together for almost 21 years. We're going to get into that. And they are from Miami. They have their award-winning Miami-based interior design firm was founded in 2006, and they are not divorced. They haven't killed each other. They're still going strong. (laughs) And if you guys heard Amber Holly's episode recently, you'll see that that is a living, breathing example of how to do it right. If they they followed her advice and they didn't even know that she was on the show (laughs) 20 years ago, right? We're also going to get into their extremely successful social media marketing techniques. They have 57,000 followers on Instagram alone. They learned some things the hard way. They had some hard knocks and they uh, had some accidental, uh, like tripped over some discoveries. And now they are doing stuff intently and with purpose and doing it really smartly and really well. And they're going to give you some tips and some tricks on how they've managed to do that. But Before we get into my interview with Brett and Giselle, y'all know what time it is. It's time for Men in News, Men in News Sesh. Yeah! Yeah. All right, welcome back, Emily Lisi, for this week's Mini News. Today, we're talking all about favorites on Instagram. Are we playing favorites? So Instagram is testing another feature, as they love to do. The new feature is called Favorites, and what it will be is a feature that lets you add certain accounts to a list. So it'll be your favorite list. And those accounts will be prioritized in your feed, regardless of Instagram's algorithm. Nice. I love that. I'm actually really excited about that. That's something I've been waiting for for a while. So people should probably get prepared to start in their captions, kind of prompting your audience to add you to their favorites. Try and encourage them to add them to your favorites because you definitely want to be on people's favorites list because that's going to get you to the top of their feed. So the way Instagram currently works, though, is that they use different signals like how likely you are to engage with the post, the post popularity and how you've engaged with content in the past. That's how they currently rank feed posts. So with this, like I said, it'll show only the people that you put on this list at the top of your feed. I wonder if they're doing the same little mini algorithm within the favorites list. And and is there a limit to how many you can favorite? Do we know? We don't know that yet. No. Okay. Because I mean, if you favorite like a hundred or a thousand, they're still going to have to determine who gets bumped up to the top of that list. Oh, I just blew my own mind. (laughs) (laughs) 
we'll have to see what they do with this. But right now, it's it's all in testing, just like a lot of the features that they're working on. All right. When you guys start seeing some of that, put out your call to actions there in your captions. Add me to your favorites. That's going to be a thing we're going to see all over the place. All righty, Emily Lisi, thank you again so much for joining us on the Mini News Sesh. You have a terrific week, and we appreciate you so much around here. All right, thank you. Mini News Sesh. Yeah. yeah. All right, now let's get into my interview with Brett and Giselle Sugarman of B&G Design. Let me tell you a little bit about them. B&G Design is an award-winning Miami-based interior design firm founded in 2006 by Brett and Giselle Laura Sugarman. They have been featured on NBC, CBS, and HGTV. This husband and wife team are considered leaders in the industry, frequently sharing their design expertise across multiple media platforms. B&G projects have been featured in Architectural Digest Mexico, Floor Design, and Lux Interiors Plus Design, among many, many others. And like I said, currently, they have 57,000 followers on Instagram alone. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming the successful interior design married couple to the podcast. Hey there, Giselle and Brett. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you guys? We're doing great. We're great. Thanks for having us. You're so welcome. Thank you for joining me. This is the first twofer I have in, oh my gosh, almost two years. We have two guests on here. So hopefully uh, no technical difficulties and we will navigate this so well. And I have to say that this is a very timely interview because Amber Holly was just on the show and she's a therapist for couples. <laughs> we were talking about how the hell do married couples stay in business together and do it successfully. So, And you guys seem to have managed that very well. You're going on your 20th year together in the design industry. Is that correct? Yeah, actually, almost 21. Almost 21. Wow, almost 21. Okay, Brett, I have to ask you, let's start with you first. How did you get involved in interior design? Was that something Giselle pulled you into or you did you guys meet in that realm? Actually, we met in that realm, but I was born into it. My father was an architect and my mother was an interior designer. And of course, growing up, everybody asked, are you going to be an architect like your father? And of course, I didn't want to do that because that's what was expected of me. So I tried a bunch of other stuff and 30-odd years ago, started working with my mother's interior design firm, apprenticing and learning the business. And after a couple of years of almost wanting to kill each other, I broke out on my own and uh, started my own business, which you know, years later, I, I then met Giselle. Speaking of wanting to kill each other, Giselle, how's that going? 21 years almost. I haven't killed him yet, so I guess we're doing. I guess we're doing good. I'm quick on my feet. It helps. I can. I duck and dodge really well. Giselle, tell me a little bit about how you got started in the interior design industry. How'd you guys meet? So I got started when I was 21 by accident. I was actually not sure what I was going to do. It wasn't like Brett so focused on what exactly I was going to do. I knew I loved fashion design. I knew I loved to do something creative, but I had no idea. I just had sales experience and customer service experience. So, so happens to be, I get a, a job at the design firm that I ended up meeting Brett and ended up working with Brett first before became husband and wife. So we worked five years before we romantically got involved. So I think that really helped. Yeah, right. You become friends. Yeah. Right. As you know, this field is very crazy. And I think if you could manage to create somebody's home, manage these contractors, and trust me, I have a potty mouth as well, because <laughs> in order to manage being in my 20s, and then having to, at one point, I was a project manager, and I would have to manage these people. And I, I looked like 12, you know, and they would look at me like, what is this little girl telling me what to do? But anyway, so I met Brett. And by that time, I had already had a lot of years under my belt. I was 
what, 26 when I met him? 26, yeah. Yeah, so I had, you know, a a good amount of years under my belt. And our boss at the time thought we would be a perfect complement to each other. He didn't realize how perfect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 21 years, almost perfect. Okay, so let's talk about B&G. So uh, at at some point, you guys decided, did B&G become before the marriage or was that a partnership after the marriage? Well, it technically came before the marriage because B&G started in August of 2005 and we got married in October of 2007. But after having worked together for five plus six years, we worked together at a larger design firm and decided that we had enough and it was time for us to express ourselves individually. So Giselle kind of dragged me kicking and screaming out of the office into our new realm because I was comfortable and she was really uncomfortable, but it, it was time. And now look at you 21 years later, you guys are on television everywhere, winning awards back in my old stomping grounds of Miami. Before we get into your marketing skills, your social media marketing, as I mentioned in the intro, you guys have 57,000 followers on Instagram alone. I do want to touch on this because it just so happens that you're here right after Amber's episode. In the very beginning, when you started this business, were there mistakes made for the work-life balance? Giselle, let's start with you. Oh my God, tons of mistakes. I was in my 20s and with little kids. I wish I had somebody like me giving myself advice, if I could talk to myself, because at my time when I started, it was like you were supposed to be superwoman. You were supposed to be a superwoman at home and you were supposed to be a superwoman at work. So it was a lot of pressure with very little support and then with all these huge expectations. So it, it was definitely difficult coming into these fields. And I'm a Virgo. So I have a lot of, a lot of expectations that I put on myself right, right. and a lot of, go- I'm very goal oriented. So mm-hmm. I want to be the best in everything we do. When we first started, it was really interesting because looking 12, even though I was in my 20s, and then Brett's 10 years older, everybody would look at him as the expert. So I always wanted to look older and I always like wanted to tone down myself. And when we would advertise in magazines, we would only put the work and we were like the purity of the work. It should, <laughs> you know, it should all be about the artistry of that. And I'll never forget, I had an amazing beautiful, well-spoken, no bullshit person tell me, what are you doing? You're beautiful. He's beautiful. Like you need to put your picture on everything. And I'm like, absolutely not. It should be the integrity of the work. He's like, are you crazy? And at the time, the only person that was out there really putting their pictures of themselves were really realtors or this really interesting interior designer that we did not want to look like that. And she offered to take a picture of Brett and I. And we were like, we're very rock and roll, very black, very leather, whatever. And I was like, I'm not going to put myself in anything I'm uncomfortable with, but I wasn't comfortable behind the camera yet. So they take a picture of Brett and myself. I don't know how to pose. I don't know what, you know, what image, what was that back then? You know, there was no such thing. And they took this amazing picture of us. And I remember the impact it had on our brand. We had this ad and I'll never forget. Some people were like, dun, 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 With our black leather, you know, clothing and whatever. And some people made fun of us. But what I do have to say, whether you liked it or not, we were all of a sudden a brand. 
I want to stop you right there, Giselle, because you're actually touching on something that is gold, that is magic, that a lot of interior designers in the audience, like you were in the beginning, were so hesitant to put your face out there and to show the personality behind the brand. Because at the end of the day, when people are hiring us, it's a very intimate, very vulnerable thing. And they want to know that they can know, like, and trust you. So we are starting to touch on the marketing part of it, which I love. But I just want to say before we get into that, what advice would would you guys give couples out there who are considering going into business together for the interior design industry as far as setting boundaries on the relationship to make sure that your marriage doesn't suffer because of that Brett go yeah as you were talking I was thinking of the word boundaries so <laughs> it's perfect you know for Giselle and I fortunately we're so in love with what we do and we're so in love with each other that we can crisscross but it's not you know of course we run into times where we're frustrated and fed up i mean the best advice that i could give is set the boundary of time and decide that when it's time to have dinner shut everything else off sit down cook eat spend time together have a glass of wine whatever it is that you do to enjoy yourself and try not to just get sucked back into that work vortex because it's almost impossible. I mean, it's one of the great strengths that we have and and it's one of the challenges that we have because, of course, everywhere we go, we travel the world a lot. We're always tapping on things and looking at them from upside down. How is this made? You know, How did somebody do this? And we get so much inspiration. We get to share that and riff off each other. But uh, by the same token, we like to kick back and, and binge watch TV shows. And <laughs> I'm constantly telling Giselle, put the phone down. I mean, she's doing something on Instagram or she's working on a blog post or, or something. I'm like, it's time for just us. It's hard because it's never ending, right, Giselle? It's never, social media is a full-time job. The content creation is a full-time job. And also we have very different personalities. I'm extremely hyper and I'm an idea person. So when I grasp those ideas, to me, they're like little bits of heaven speaking to me. And I'm like, ooh, I don't want to lose that awesome idea or that great thing. So I've had to learn to really calm myself down and allow Brett's feedback. But the best advice I think I've learned recently is in order for us to continue to have a good relationship, we each have to work on ourselves individually. For mm-hmm. instance, you know, I've really um, nurtured the fact that Brett's doing music. He's recording music and he has a whole life that's separate from us. And I'm very much into, you know, fitness and wellness and spirituality and wellness of the home because I've had some health struggles. So for me, that is really important. But we both respect the fact that we're working as individuals. So when we come together, I look at Brett and I'm like, oh, that's sexy. He recorded that music, you know, and he's doing that. I'm like, to me, that (laughs) turns me on, you know, and that's important because I think we all get complacent in our relationships or in our lives. And it's so important that we continue to evolve as human beings in every stage of life we're in. And it's difficult being a parent and having a full-time job. And and then on top of that, I'm asking you to evolve. You People are like, yeah, (laughs) you know, screw you. Where am I going to find time to evolve? But being a mom of boys and even, you know, I mother, I mother everybody around me. Um, Virgo, that's just my th- a true Virgo. Virgo. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I'm cancer and I'm cancer rising. So oh, I love Lord, to cook. Help us. And, and, I'm la- <laughs> and I'm Latina. So I love to cook and Get I the love trifecta. to entertain. Yeah. I'm like, I'm very complicated. So, but it's taught me I have to guide my boys 
into different things, like whether it was playing guitar or nurturing their different interests, I have to kind of like push them in the right direction. And it, it's worked really well for for my sons and my husband. I love that. I think that's so important to make sure that you have something outside of the work and outside of each other for yourself. I think that's just so important for mental health. And thank you so much for giving us those, those tips. It was synchronicity that you guys were on right after Amber Holly. If you guys missed Amber Holly's episode, check that out. That was last week's episode. She had some uh, really good advice. If you're going to go into business with your significant other, mistakes were made on my end. I'm divorced now because <laughs> yeah. so I could add you guys on, but it's okay. Everything's great. Okay, so now let's talk into the phenomenal success that you've had with the visibility. Now, Giselle, you did touch on it, that that first forced post with you guys, and you guys are beautiful, by the way, so that does not hurt, of doing the imagery of showing, you know, the Brett and Giselle behind the design firm, right? Let's talk about your social media marketing and your 57,000 followers on Instagram, which is nothing to shake a stick at. Where did you notice that that traction start taking off, and what was your strategy or your plan behind it? Was it, it was everything just as organic as like somebody made us do a post and wow, that's amazing? Or did you go into it with a solid plan? First of all, I have I have a younger sister that lives in Chicago, mm-hmm. and we also have a marketing person. But originally, when we started doing this, so there's a team, you know, because I think it's important that we speak about this, especially for designers that are trying to put all of those responsibilities on themselves is what you see of our brand is it's a lot of people working together to make this happen with social media. It's always been a trial and error, especially at the beginning to see what works. And we continuously change and evolve depending on what's happening in the world or, or my taste level changes, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm always trying to do things that are different and innovative. What I do notice that's helped us a lot with getting more followers is we do promote our posts, not all of them, but some of them. I'm always tweaking the audience and the age group. And we do analyze that. We do go into the insights and analyze what pictures did well? Did before and after slides do well? Did supporting stories or supporting reels help with the engagement? And it's interesting, you know, it could be the timing, but the algorithm is always changing as well, or the hashtag is always changing. So our industry is constantly evolving. So is social media is always evolving. So I think it's important that you stay true to who you are and who you are as a brand. I feel that because I have my personal Instagram and I have my business Instagram and I noticed, and this is why we did the BNG unfiltered, the behind the scenes video of our home is what I noticed is people want to know the person more than even the brand. Right. They want to know what inspired you to create what you're doing or even what your life's about and what you're buying and what you're wearing, what makeup you're putting. It's it's funny the messages sometimes I get, oh my God, I like that new lipstick from you. It has nothing to do with interior design, but it has everything to do with your brand. Right. So you're now you're talking about reaching out into something into more of a lifestyle as well as interior design brand, which is something that if you're an interior designer is a really natural progression to go to to broaden your reach. And Brett, do you show off your new lipsticks as well or 
You know, I'm more into eyeshadow than lipstick. <laughs> Are you doing content creation on your social media channels or your marketing channels too? Or is that more of Giselle's? Milieu? It's more of Giselle's, but one of the things that she's been pushing us towards is incorporating, talking about lifestyles, incorporating my music, my music production into the BNG brand and who Brett and Giselle are behind BNG. And, you know, I've been uh, recording and producing and amassing a nice little catalog of music that we can start using. And though Giselle has started to, you know, build a lot of that into our lifestyle photography, you'll see some of our posts where I'm playing guitar and she's, you know, dancing or, um, you know, trying to show that we're, you know, fully developed people with interests that might touch on other perspective clients and, and collaborators. Hey guys, you know, social media marketing is super impactful and can help you grow your reach, broaden your awareness and build your business like nothing else can. It's not going anywhere. It's a necessary evil. I know a lot of interior designers hate it, but guess what? That's why we're here to do it for you, to take it all off your plate here at Wingnut Social. You never have to look at your social media again if you don't want to. There are three different ways to work with us. We have good, better, best solopreneurs all the way to multi-million dollar design build firms who are working with us at Wingnut Social. And you can go check out their progress and success that they've had working with us at wingnutsocial.com. At the top there, you'll see the case studies. Just drop it down and you'll have a myriad of success stories to look at. We do have openings again. We filled up our fall waiting list, but now we have openings because... We have expanded our team. So head on over to wingnutsocial.com or give us a call at 786-206-4331. Again, that's wingnutsocial.com. And again, that's so important because I know there's designers in the audience listening. No one wants to see me do any of that, but you'd be damn surprised that people do. They really want to know what makes you tick. And especially the B&G unfiltered stuff, the behind the scenes, the rawness, how it's done. Why do you think that, you know, Bravo is so good, HGTV behind the scenes, how it's done, why they're so popular and they make millions and millions of dollars because people want to see the personalities and the step from A to Z, the problem, how you fixed it, your personalities along the way. Brett, I have to ask you, so for your music, are you entwining that? Does that speak to your design as well? Is that like one of your positioning things as far as your design aesthetic? That's a good question because the music that I write and create really isn't geared towards the music itself, towards our potential client base. It's uh, a little bit more rock and roll. It's a little bit more, you know, sociopolitical. But the fact that we're creative in different fields and that they inspire each other, I think is relevant. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's fascinating. I think it's just one of those little things like, for example, and you wouldn't think this would be a thing, but for uh, Darla Palantir's and Wingnut Social, I like Debbie Cakes and Whiskey. And you would be surprised how there's just little things like that catch on. People send me Debbie Cakes, people buy me whiskey in order to go places, or they'll mention it or put it out. And, it's, and those are little tiny things. And what you guys are putting out there on a way bigger scale, I'm sure resonate with people. You have people that are, you know, love creating music or love rock and roll or just love that creativity who like the vibe that you're putting out and are dying to have you do rooms, you know, in their house. I met with a prospective client yesterday. I didn't even tell Giselle this yet. And uh, when I got to their house, I saw a bunch of guitars and amplifiers and things. And the husband of the couple is a musician. And, you know, I'm sure that it would be something that we'd share common ground on and help us relate to each other because client management and management of expectations and just developing that chemistry between ourselves and our clients is really 
the foundation of our success. I mean, you know, really caring about them. And I love that. That is an excellent point because I posted dogs in the beginning and all my clients had dogs. It's just going to, it's just something to connect you, something so you know that the clients that you're attracting are your tribe and it's, they're going to be a pleasure to work with as well. You don't want less than ideal clients because it makes it miserable for, I'm sure you've been there. (laughs) You've had less than ideal clients, especially in in the very beginning. So Giselle, tell me a little bit more about the B and G unfiltered. Is that like a feature that you have on your, your current social media? Is that a separate channel? Tell me how you're putting those together. We're putting it on IG, you know, and on Facebook, but it's also on our revamped website. When everybody was kind of at home and their sweats, we were moving. You know, our kids were going off to college. We were moving. So part of the revamping of our life, you know, obviously went into our business like it always does. Our business and our personal life is just one. So the unfiltered, we really felt the need to, because you see these beautiful pictures, right, of our work, and it looks perfect. Well, part of what we wanted to show, and I think it's still very true to our luxury brand, is showing the magic of what we create with our space planning and with our lighting and how we understand people's lifestyles. And that goes into the lifestyle aspect of what we're showing of ourselves as well, because it's all integrated. When we meet with clients, because I'm a very intuitive interior designer, I'm an empath. So I feel people's pain and I sense so much. And I didn't know what that was early on. Now I I know how to take that energy and embrace it and turn it into something that can help people. And what I've noticed is the more information our clients give us about what they like about their husband, about what they li- don't like about entertaining, or even, you know, what their kids are, whether they're having issues with ADHD or anything like that. All that information is important information on what we create through the spaces. And we're hoping with the unfiltered, we kind of break down. We're starting with our home, with our condo. Right. Smart. So we're making it personal and showing why and how we created what we did and showing the personal aspect of that. And I think that hopefully it resonates with people and they understand that what we do is so much more than just creating beautiful spaces. It really is as personal as it gets, almost, maybe not a gynecologist, but it's, you know, it's, 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 it's close. It's personal. You're yeah, like, it is. you're talking about how people, if you like to hear your husband poo or not, you know what I mean? You're, to create these separate commode areas, you know, it gets extremely personal. That's a winning formula. I mean, look at Emily Henderson, look at Amber Lewis, look at Shay McGee, that, you know, doing that formula where you're renovating your own house as personalities and walking through it to start with. That's a, a winning formula. I love it. You guys want to tune in to see that. I'm sure it's it's amazing. So let's talk about designing for intimacy. <laughs> yeah. We like to say at Wingnut Social is to be authentic on your channels, but there's a curated authenticity, right? There's some stuff where we're not going to show ourselves that the gynecologists are on the toilet. Right, right. <laughs> so with your limits, your boundaries, as far as your um, social media marketing, where do you draw the line for your curated authenticity? You know what I'm saying? How real are you going to get? That's really an interesting question because Brad is, oh my God, if he could be naked all the time, he probably, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't care, but I do because I'm a bit of a control person. And I think as the beauty of getting older is, especially from my experience, is I've gotten more and more comfortable in my skin. So the more comfortable I am in my skin, 
the more I think I'm going to be able to show because it's really not about bread. I think he'll show whatever, but it's more about my boundaries that I have. And hopefully, you know, the guard goes down and I will continue to be able to share as much as possible because I think that's only going to benefit everyone. We have such a unique situation being a husband and wife team that do so much together and that we still like each other. So that's a big thing too. And it shows. Even in separate rooms here that I see, you know, your cameras are in different places. I can I can see the vibe for sure. Yeah. So I, I want to share that. I love to share and I love to express what hasn't worked for us and what has. I think that that's something that I think you, you guys will continue to see in BNG Unfilter and continue to see as we evolve in our in our branding. Okay, so Brett, let me ask you this. On your social media channels, are you guys giving tips? Are you doing DIY things? Are you putting out information there for clients? How much information are you guys giving away as for you know that give, give, give philosophy? That's a good question. We do like to show a lot of befores and afters to, you know, inspire people to understand that we can have a vision to really transform their lives. In terms of DIY, I mean, Giselle does put together a lot of content, especially around the holiday time when we're styling our home and uh, for the holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, and she's very hands-on. So she does these amazing tablescapes and floral arrangements, and she likes to video herself doing that and, and giving some tips and, and explaining, you know, how you can do this stuff yourself. From the design standpoint, you know, the work that we do is predominantly pretty high-end luxury stuff. And, you know, you can kind of get the look, quote unquote, by taking some cues from what we do. But the do-it-yourself part, I mean, we couldn't do it without our team of trades and vendors and support staff. So neither Giselle nor, I mean, Giselle's more creative with their hands than I am, except, you know, with a guitar. But <laughs> we always say, you know, we can design it, we can conceptualize it, we can engineer it, we can problem solve it, but don't put a hammer in our hands. <laughs> because <laughs> we're not going to hit ourselves with it. <laughs> so the reason I ask you is that there's a, a little bit of a, a divided thought there that some designers are like, I don't want to give away, like, for example, if someone were to text you and say, hey, where's that sofa from? Or where's the, you know, where's that bedding from or something? I don't want to give away anything like that. And then other designers like, you know what, what you put out there is going to come back to you. I'm going to get that business because at the end of the day, people are just not going to do it themselves. You know, the people, your ideal clients won't do it themselves. Well, we, we do share and support the community. I think from what I've noticed that most of those kinds of inquiries are within the industry. And we have a lot of industry contacts. So we're very happy. Our vendors and our trades and our showrooms, they're a part of our team. And we couldn't do it without them. So we like to spread the love and, and give them recognition wherever we can. We're very big about recognition across the board, not only from you know the photographer, but anything that you can see in the photograph that we can possibly share with somebody. I mean, we do a lot of custom work. I'm going to chime in. So going back to the social media, other things that I would advise somebody who's trying to build their following is tag and give credit to those people. They will repost and that will open up your audience as well. And then when it comes to sharing as well is most of our friends are designers, other interior designers, and from some people with similar taste to, to us, to other ones that are up and coming, and some that have completely different tastes. So with that being said, and we are in a group chat, so we joke around, of course, but if somebody needs advice on a vendor or a manufacturer, we're there spreading the love. 
the lack of not wanting to share is being afraid that there's not going to be enough business for you. And there's plenty of business. If you are out there and you're hustling, especially in this environment, you know, who knew that COVID was going to be so good for our industry? I know that was a shock. That was an absolute shock. Exactly. I would just recommend to everybody to share that karma is a real thing. And we're here standing after all these years. And our motto has always been about sharing the love. Okay, so before we get into the fire round, the what up wingnut round, one bit of advice from each of you, maybe something I haven't asked you that you think has contributed the most to your social media presence? Being consistent, posting and sharing consistently, I think is key. Definitely being true to our aesthetic. Our aesthetic is, we believe it's timeless. We don't go into trends or anything like that. Just don't fall into those things. Be true to who you are. And there's an audience for everyone. So I would just be saying posts Monday through Friday, if not more, and do as many stories as possible. Plan ahead. What we do is we plan all of our our photos ahead and what's going to be written because I know it's overwhelming to think of what you're going to post at the single moment. So I know that's more than one advice, but (laughs) no, that's that's who I am. It's okay. It's okay. Brett, what's your thought? Well, and I was going to speak to authenticity, which is very much in sync with what Giselle said, but really not being afraid to show who you are, not only as, as a designer, but as an individual and try to stand out and be unique. You know, don't be afraid to be different because people are looking for that because there's so much of the same. I I don't really contribute a lot to social media, but I consume it as much as anybody else. And I think that really rings true as I'm consuming social media. Just you can taste authenticity in the air. Yeah. And people shouldn't be afraid to be different because there's only one you. There's a, a million interior designers, but you're the only you out there. So, Bring to the table what it is that makes you different because your tribe is out there. All right. Awesome. Great. Terrific. Now I need to ask you both if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. Yeah, we're ready. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. Giselle, what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Momager. What is it? Momager. Like ma- mom. Oh. <laughs> Momager. Got it. Got it. Got it. Brett? Hashtag love. Oh, so sweet. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food. What is it, Giselle? For me, it would be watermelon. Oh, that's a new one. That is definitely a first, Brett. I thought about this a lot. French fries. <sighs> With salt? Of course. <laughs> okay. Of course. It's an island. Who cares? <laughs> Please recommend a book that has had a profound impact on you either personally or professionally, Giselle. James Redfield, A Celestine Prophecy. Brett? Mine is 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard that one. I've read The Prophecy, Giselle. That's actually a really good book. What is it about 100 Years of Solitude by who? Uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Gabriel Garcia. Okay. Marquez. If you've ever heard of or seen the movie Love in the Time of Cholera, same author. Okay. Or a number of other books. He's a phenomenal Latin American author who's just, he's known for magical realism, which you can look up. It's just a very unique way of telling stories. And he's brilliant and funny and very deep. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. Guys, please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you. Who wants to take that one? Go ahead, Brett. <laughs> well, our website, www.bandg, spelled out, B-A-N-D-G, uh, Of course, our Instagram, Facebook, and 
email us directly with inquiries if you want to. And our email address is on the website. Do you have a Spotify channel or SoundCloud? Can we listen to your music somewhere? I do have a Spotify channel right now. There's only two songs on it. The name of my project is called Shattered to Atoms. And uh, more music's coming out soon. I'm working on two EPs that hopefully will be ready for this year. Awesome. All right. That, I'm going to go creep it. I'm going to hear it. I'm a, a little bit of an audiophile. I love, I love listening to music. Giselle and Brett, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a really fun conversation. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, we had a great time. So if you guys didn't hear Amber Holly's episode, that was episode 236. You can go to wingnutsocial.com slash podcast and listen to her episode about, you know, should you go in business with your spouse? <laughs> How smart of an idea is that? And what's the best way to achieve a work-life balance? You can hear that Giselle and Brett seem to have mastered that pretty good. I mean, 21 years and in business together and with kids that is nothing to shake a stick at. And it sounds like they're really just on the precipice of doing even bigger things there in Miami. My old stomping grounds, now that I'm in Maryland, I miss Miami. I do miss Miami. I need to go back and visit. So be sure to check out that episode. And and you heard Giselle in this episode mention that they kind of stumbled across how important it was to put yourself out there, put your pictures out there, put your personalities out there. Brett was saying even your hobbies or your interests and idiosyncrasies that can resonate with your ideal clients. Super important to show them that you're human, that you're going to jive with them, and it's the best way to attract your ideal client. And marketing now is conversational. It's not about selling, selling, selling. It's about showing the human side of the business and how you're going to solve your client's pain points, but also be relatable and have it be, a, you know, a good time. You're going to get along. It's not going to be misery for you, more importantly, from our point of view, right? And the client. And one of the things I kept meaning to follow up on this during the interview with Giselle, because it's super important, was she started out with, they have really been putting some effort behind their paid posts. And that's really been getting them followers. And we've said this, we've said this over and over again on Wingnut. And that's really important is to... Put some money behind the posts that you have determined are doing better than the others. Now, Instagram will tell you, hey, this post is doing such and such percent better than other posts, and that's pretty good. That's a pretty good barometer to go and put, you know, 10, 20, 30, 100, even 100 bucks to get some new followers on there to get them to come to your page. And why this is not disingenuous and it's not like spammy marketing is that when people see that post that's done so well organically within your feed and your followers, you're just broadening your reach. You're broadening your awareness to people who haven't heard of you yet who will see that and say, wow, let me follow that. Let me like, I like their aesthetic. And that's genuine. You're going to get followers who are really into what you're putting down. It's not a trick. It's not robots. It's not, you know, like, follow, unfollow, all that stuff. It's just genuine. It's just Instagram and Facebook owns Instagram. They're not dumb. They want you to put money behind stuff to get followers. That's why organic traffic now is super, super hard. So it's really hard. <laughs> Even if you're doing everything right and spending, you know, 30, 40 hours a week on your account, getting organic following right now is really hard. They're onto us. They're onto us now. The glory days of thousands of followers a month are way behind us. Unless you're on TikTok, it's still possible there. All right, this is just a reminder that we do have a couple of openings left for our wait list for the fall, early winter onboarding for full-service social media clients here at Wingnut. Go over to wingnutsocial.com, check us out, check out the case studies at the top of the page, and you can see the results that we've had for interior designers in the industry. 
like you. We work anywhere from solopreneurs to multi-million dollar interior design firms. There's a spot there for everybody. There are three different levels of pricing based on your budget. It is an investment, but you definitely get some ROI, some return on your money. And that is it for this week. We'll see you next week. Remember to get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. B&G projects have been featured in architectural... All right, and we're into next week. Time travel. <coughs> I got a frog. All right, done. <coughs> dunzo, 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 dunzo. All right, Giselle, I'm as way I uh, edit. Good boy, Mango.